0: Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PNE podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week, we're taking a look back at the QPR game. We'll be discussing the upcoming game against Luton Town and talking team news. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals, and with me is Dave Seddon. We're going to be talking all things PNE and a bit more, as per usual. Dave of a change for today. Coronavirus, we're, we're quarantined, we're actually in our own office,
1: we've got our own kit. This is the, the start of something big, isn't it? It is. No, just, just, just to point out, we've been recording at UCLan for the last few weeks, and we're very grateful for being able to use their facilities, but we've we've been given a nice new set of kit to record uh, here, at, uh, here at LEP Towers in Fullwood, yeah. so uh, this is the first one from Fullwood, so uh, yeah, a, a new one for us all.
0: Yeah, and... Uh, with the guidelines out there of quarantining ourselves, mm. it's probably probably right not to travel too far. It's not it's not exactly a behind closed doors podcast, but no,
1: no <laughs> we could be going that way, couldn't we? But yeah. I can assure you, I've washed me hands, uh, Tom, before starting uh, this broadcast, and uh, you know maybe we could stockpile some sort of loo rolls yeah. and things like that. You yeah. know,
0: soundproof the room with a bit of yeah. toilet paper that that yeah. we buy in bulk. Yeah. Right. Let's get to the more pressing matters rather than the impending apocalypse. QPR, North End lost.
1: That was a bit of an apocalypse, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> no, a bit of
0: a meltdown as per, but mm-hmm. uh, North End, 1-0 up, half-time, bossing the game, and it all falls apart yeah. in the second half.
1: So frustrating, wasn't it? So yeah. frustrating, so annoying. Um, to go, as you say, from being in complete control for 45 minutes mm. against a decent side, mm. and then, you know, even... Even when QPR got back to one all after an hour or so, with 11 men on the pitch, I don't know, I didn't feel feel any doom at that point, Mm. it was just, right, regroup, let's go back again and and get another, and I thought they were capable of it, but that last half hour of football, soon after QPR went down to 10 men, they bossed it, they absolutely bossed it, the reasons we can go into as we Mm. go on through the podcast, but that last half hour was just unacceptable it was it was poor it was awful North End didn't lay glove on QPR QPR out tacticked out manoeuvred North End and they were well worthy of the win they scored yeah. t- two very co- good goals for the second and third you yep. know the, the equaliser was from a corner that free kick sorry which North End should have done better with you could look at defending for the second and third but in the build up but the, f- the two finishes were uh, the highest quality you know and let's not take anything away from QPR on that point mm. I thought fair enough Ryan Manning's finish for the second was excellent you know outside the box hooks it in oh, oh, over Declan Rudder, off the in, uh, underside of the bar and then as goal you know I think bright. Um, I say Samuel uh, Samuel did very well for him mm. probably that's where the poor defending was yeah, letting, him, letting, him cut, letting him cut across the pitch left to right to play yeah. into Ezzy's path but Ezzy took it very well he had a lot of room but he was able to shift it onto his right foot and he sort of used used Darnell Fisher who was in front of him as sort of to sort of blind the keeper almost yeah, bent it shield. round yeah the shield bent it round him into the far corner but a really good finish but Obviously, well done QPR on that. You know, excellent finishing. But we're here to look at yeah. North End and how they could have got better?
0: Yeah, we'll start. We'll start with the first half. We'll not. We'll we'll will not be all doom and gloom for too long because I'm sure we'll get there. But the first half was brilliant from a PNE perspective. They, yeah. they they controlled the game again. It was another fast start. Probably didn't take. As much advantage as that of that as we would have liked, and as we've we've spoken about in the past, especially on the podcast, and at, at, at half time, you really, I mean, I think it's it, it's something we've seen before in in PNE games that at half time you could only see one winner, mm-hmm. and then the second half the other team win, and in the past that has been North End who were completely out of the game at half time. You can only see the opposition winning. I think Stoke was um, was one of those. Um, Uh, was it Hull at home came from behind and and then North End come out in the second half and win whereas first half North End dominated Barkhazen had loads of joy down that right hand side they were they were coming forward they were playing kind of the right passes everything was going well and I suppose first half you can't have many complaints of the performance
1: no it was I wouldn't say it was brilliant I thought it was very good I Mm. thought it, it was tactically very good I thought they didn't create a huge amount. Mm. Maguire had the shot against the post in the third minute. Uh, that again that came from a move down the right hand side. I think it was Johnson played the ball. And Maguire chased yes. it down the inside, right channel, came into the box, hit a really good shot. Really the only place it could have beaten the keeper and it came back off the you mm. know on the inside of the post. Uh, they got the goal the, through the through the penalty, through Darnell Fisher getting down that right hand side again. Yeah. Forcing Mark Pugh into the in into the foul. And then there wasn't a lot they had a lot of the ball mm. a lot of sort of getting the ball behind QPR's defence in two areas probably didn't take a lot of advantage of that there was I think Andrew Hughes had a header from a corner yep. chances Yeah, clear cut chance probably about that you know that was about it but they had a lot of the ball a lot of promising positions and QPR just didn't threaten him that first 45 minutes which again we talk about yeah North End maybe didn't create chance after chance after chance like they have done in some games um, but at the other they restricted QPR in that first 45 minutes to very very little couple to the of point, corners you know
0: to the point where Ezzy, who is a fantastic player and we will go on to talk about him he was being marked so much by Alan Brown that he ended up out on the left wing just to just to avoid him yeah because
1: it, was, it was part of the tactical reshuffle, reshuffle put my teeth in from Mark Warburton <laughs> at half time they changed into a bit of a diamond mm. and they ended up moving Ezzy a little bit more left, which was, you know, Alan Brown was given that task of marking him in the first half and they did pretty well on it, I thought. Mm. Uh, as he had done against Kearney at Fulham the week before. But obviously by moving him out you know, further wide, Brown couldn't really follow him there without leaving gaps. And then it was up to others. And that, and that was part of QPR's, you know, improved tactical sense mm. in the second half and hence winning the game. When a team goes down to 10 men
0: you always think that i mean it depends on time but generally you would think the team with the advantage should win the game or if nothing else you think maybe maybe you should get a goal it's not always as as easy as that but in terms of in terms of what happened they shouldn't lose the game 2-0 when the, in, in, if you think about
1: it 10 v 11 mm. QPR won 2-0 yeah normally uh, tingo You always get the old football clichés playing 10 men can be as difficult as playing against 11 what tends to happen is that the team sort of moves back you know drops off plays sort of goes four four one. 2 banks of four is mm. a classic isn't it four defenders four midfielders one poor guy chasing around <laughs> everywhere up front picking up scraps but what QPR did they, they left it as a sort of 4-3-2 mm. um, that's how d- Warburton yeah. described it yeah had the two in midfield and, and you know three in midfield and, and two lads up front so they they retained an attacking threat and perhaps that is because of QPR's sort of mid-table position. They're not going down. Mm. They're probably not going to make a late run for the playoffs. And so there was almost a freedom to be able to do that and a bravery from Warburton to think, well, I've nothing to lose here. Mm. He probably saw in the first half it was a little bit one-way traffic and he was thinking, well, if I go, if I just drop him back into two banks of four and make it difficult... For Preston, eventually the pressure could tell, Mm. and he obviously thought, "Well, you know, credit to QPR—they did—you know—they had the share of defending to do, uh, but they were always happy to break forward and having two left up front and three decent players in midfield gave them that outlet, didn't it? It it did, yeah. And so they were able to do a bit of both, really—some solid defending plus looking dangerous on the break because both both second and third goals were sort of." the sort of counter-attack yeah. in, in a way weren't they um, it wasn't
0: it wasn't one of those situations where mm. um, the the number of players you have even if it was 11 v 11 that wouldn't necessarily have, have mattered mm. at, at that point so if we start with the if we have a quick look at the first goal mm. Andrew Hughes who for me I thought had a, a poor game on, on Saturday mm. it, you've probably got to say he's got to do better at the far post to, yeah. to stop to stop Hall tapping yeah. it in it's come a long way yes mm. people I don't know whether they're going to it seems to be the way wherever there's a cross or a goal, people look at Declan Rudd. I don't think anyone's doing that at this point, but it's it's just too easy, and it, it just seemed like it just seemed like a cross to the far post, and he taps it in, and, and that was that. And North End were just would just kind of not let it happen, but that's kind of the way it looked.
1: Yeah, it? yeah, sort of. Yeah, the, the free kick. I think it was Ezra, he took it, yeah. came over, sort of didn't didn't get that high. Hmm. but went over four Preston players again. I was counting. And then it dipped quite a lot down towards the far post to the fact it wasn't, wasn't Grant Hall running into the far post with a header. Hmm. It was down there on the floor, and he just gambled a little bit ahead of Hughes, stuck his leg out and just had to steer it into the net. It was quite a nice finish, actually, from him. Hmm. But when you've got a six-foot-three defender against you, Hughes should be doing better on that one. You know, you see the reaction from Hughes, he sort of looks and he actually, he thumps the ground in frustration. He knows he should have done better on that. Mm. Um, And I I do think more could have been done to stop the ball coming across. You know, there was Bauer, Ben Davis, other players in that. Davis
0: was the last man before he got to Hughes. In
1: that defensive line, yeah. You know, I know Alex Neal spoken if certain players aren't in the team North End are quite a small team but they weren't a small team on Saturday
0: no I agree Um, so we go if we look at the second and third goals then the the second one uh, sorry the third one specifically reminds me a lot of the uh, Bakuna goal earlier on in the season where he was allowed to kind of carry the ball from halfway and, and bring it forward to the edge of North End's box. And it's very much the way the style that North End like to defend in that they drop back and they mm-hmm. defend kind of their own box. And I think that was their undoing a little bit. I think you can't take, like you say, you can't take anything away from Messi's finish. It, the, I think there's one thing of not wanting him to get on that right foot, another thing entirely in stopping him. He's, yeah. he, he just glides, he's some player. Um, but for it to get half the length of the pitch, mm-hmm. it just all seemed... Maybe a little too easy. Yeah.
1: You don't want people diving in mm. and on halfway mm. or just over halfway and, you know, giving them a free goal. But at some point, you do have to engage. There's a sort of happy medium, isn't there? You yeah. know, don't dive in too early. But I think maybe they needed to get in there. Give them something to need. think yeah. about or, yeah. you know. At least force them in a different direction, you know, mm. even if you're not going to win the ball, you know. So, yeah. Um, then, yeah. Good, you know, good finish from Eze as well.
0: Did. Alex Neal change tact tack sorry it's not tact tack too soon
1: yeah I think may, you know you look back on it maybe he did overthink it a little bit mm. Four two three one was working very well in the first half second half when they QPR went more of a sort of diamond I think they did sort yeah. of early second half he sort of matched it up slightly which probably nothing wrong you know wrong with that We're, Maybe are you giving too much respect to the opponent, I don't know. And then he said, when they went down to 10 men and they stayed in that sort of 4-3-2 system, North End went 3-5-2. Mm. His argument being, well, he wanted three centre Alcicot with the two strikers. He wanted 3-3 v in the midfield. And he felt if they pushed the wing, by having wing backs, um, they, they, if you have wingers on the pitch, they push too far onto the full backs mm. where, he felt if they had wing backs he stayed a little bit deeper and it brings QPR's full backs out to come and find him and then it creates space but was it, is it over complicating it a little bit that the yeah. you know, we're all we're all masters with hindsight aren't we yeah. but the fact is it didn't work so you've got to look at it and it didn't. Full stop. It didn't work here.
0: Yeah, we've 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 spoken in the past of when Alex Neal has changed things and got things exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I think at times you do have to kind of put your hands up and say, yeah, he's got this one wrong. And they kind of have to take the medicine in that regard and say, look, I mean, yes, the wingers may be right up against the fullback, but at times can you not just back your winger to beat his opposite number? Mm-hmm. I I know I I would back. Tom barcase and if not half the time mm-hmm. to be one-on-one with a with a fullback even at a standing start mm-hmm. and get a smart touch around him and, and get that get into that space mm-hmm. and I think by trying to be too proactive and try and get them into space before it even happens and and, and trying to kind of over predict in a way I think mm-hmm. that I think that started to cost North end because it cost them a lot of fluidity I think
1: yeah and the substitution he made The main substitution Not too long after the red card Was it mm. Bringing Gall- Gallagher was struggling With his calf mm. Didn't think Gallag- Gallagher was absolutely superb But he was key To how they were playing You know Like yeah A few passes went astray but He was he, he was spraying the ball around Quite a bit And he did seem to lose something He put Jaden Stockley on Went You know Sort of Went two up front with Maguire And it's just Just I know, I know Fans call a lot Oh let's play two strikers up front um, but it just didn't work for North End on Saturday. The, the trouble was, that we were going to have this debate all the time, I think, about whether it's Maguire or Stockley up front, and people... I thought Maguire had a good game Saturday. Yeah. Um, I thought, through no fault of his own, Stockley didn't really make an impact on Saturday, purely for the quality of service. Yeah. There was nothing coming in... You know, there was no one beating the fullbacks, whipping in a cross, that Stockley could move forward and Get his head on it mm. or climb up and you know beat the defender from you know across coming in pretty level with him all with a little bit of whip on it. It was all coming from further back 40 50 yard balls. All that like, let's knock it up. And he was coming up against some big lads at the back. Mm. And Stockley's a big lad, but he's not going to win everything in the air against and multiple people, yeah, yeah. You know, I saw one comment on Twitter who would you rather play against, Stockley or Maguire? I'd you know, I'd you know, the. The, the guy who posted it said, "I'd rather play against Maguire any time." But to be fair, I think the QPR defenders, when even if you got a big striker, he was going to be awkward, going to be flinging himself around. Sometimes you can handle that better in the mm. air, and someone nipping around you. One with North End just unfortunately got into this setting of like quick early balls up to Stockley, and his back was to goal, you know, and. You know, he often had two players on him. He, he, you know, he fell a couple of times in the box looking for a penalty, maybe got a little bit roughed up. But, mm. you know, it, it must have been frustrating for him. Um, He was put on for a reason, you know, try and, try and win stuff, try and get second balls, you know. But th- there was nothing for him to go and sort of attack in terms of, of scoring.
0: Yeah, I disagree with that because I think... I think Maguire, in terms of in terms of a striker, defenders hate playing against pace. Mm-hmm. And now, if if you're if you're a six foot plus defender, your meat and drink is mm-hmm. heading that ball away. Mm-hmm. So if the service isn't perfect, mm-hmm. you've got a good enough chance to attack that ball because it doesn't matter where that mm-hmm. ball goes. Mm-hmm. Whereas Stockley's got to have a bit of design on his header. He's got to try and put it into the right area. So it's a lot easier for defenders to attack it and. If you look at Maguire's performance, I thought he was stretching them in the first That's half. That's what I'm saying. I and think
1: I think he, they, were, they were better with Maguire yeah. up there. I d- but I he nearly has two goals. Yeah, but I just don't think Stockley was given a chance by his teammates. No. That's the point I'm trying to get across. Yeah. And I think the, Q, the QPR players were probably... You know, handled a big man better than a little man on, on yeah. this occasion. That's that. That's what my point is. Yeah, so. and I
0: think it showed away at QPR as well because it seemed it, it was a very it was very similar mm-hmm. um, scenario. I think we we've spoken about it. I think we even spoke about it it last week that Stockley needs to have that service to attack mm-hmm. it. When yeah. do we? I mean, I, I've I've been saying it, and it's my little bugbear of uh, of North End that there are so few crosses mm-hmm. that are delivered from past the eighteen yard box. Yeah. If you look at um, if if you watch, and I'm not saying they're the go-to example for everything, but if you watch the way Leeds play, for example, when they when they come forward, their players are making forward runs, getting behind, and, and make and make things happen from there. They're, a lot of their crosses come from behind the lines, and I don't think North End press enough sometimes to get into get into those positions for me.
1: Yeah, you saw it at Barnsley that time that mm. they got Fisher released in Sort of down the side of the box, whipping across in Barclays and scores. You know that that's more. That's what needed. Not not big diagonal balls coming. You know, up for a six foot four striker to have to battle and hope to yeah. win the second ball. I think they need to be a bit cuter than that. And yeah. I think Neil admitted it himself that you know. So for all this sort of, I, I, I really don't like the debate of like, what well, should it be him or him? Mm. You know, it's how you're going to fit in with the system. But if you I can see the reluctance to play Stockley on Neil's behalf because I know Neil's not telling him to go out and launch it like that, but it, it, it's a natural setting almost. When you mm. see your your teammate up there, who's six foot four, blonde hair, can fling himself around, it, it becomes almost in your, in your head. You become almost a nat- it's a natural target for him, a mm. lane for him, as quick, especially when you're chasing a game. And I just think North End fell into a trap somehow, and they've got to find a way if Stockley's on. You know, fair enough. Balls up to him, you know, in the air. I'm not saying rule them all out, but be a bit cuter about it. Sort of l- launch it from a different area. Yeah. Give different him between him a long pass yeah. and a long yeah. hoop. Isn't Give that? him a chance to play. You know, fair play. It's work going direct has worked. They worked. They brought Stockley on after half an hour against Rovers earlier in the mm. season. Turned. He didn't score, but he turned. Basically, turned the game on his own. Turned it from a two 0 deficit into a three two win at Charlton. The following week after that, Stockley started. North End deliberately went long to him and it worked it roughed up Charlton's defence Charlton weren't expecting it and it it worked to treat but there's other games where playing that way you know it's not worked and I don't think Neil wants you know he says the way the way to beat teams who might sink back a little bit which QPR didn't to be fair Mm. but sometimes just putting the big man on and launching it it ain't gonna work, you know. Like there's some big lads in this championship, and they they will, you know, it's meat and drink to them. So yep. you have got to be a little bit cuter, a little bit more patient.
0: One thing with North End is that it, it, I think generally you see them top the stat for the longest passes played this season. Like the, the on average, the, the majority of their passes are long balls, and and Stockley isn't on all the time. And I think that is sometimes people's frustration that the long balls are going into Maguire yeah. and. And but
1: sometimes they're not long balls up in the air, are they? Mm. So, sort of, you know, if you go through a load of stats, if you broke them all down, sometimes it's a nice ball down the channel for someone to chase. Mm. But in in cold hard statistics, the is a long ball because it's over a certain distance. Mm. You know, if it's a big ball, it up to the main striker, fair enough. But sometimes a long pass can be as good as you know, you know, a little slide ball. You know, mm. nice. But you know, if you look at the one that. Um, you know, that set Maguire up for that one that hit the post. Yeah. It was a nice a It was pass. quite a long, you know, it was from DJ, I think mm. it was. That ball from DJ to Maguire travelled a long way, you know, but that's not a long ball to me. Yeah. You know, it was played with purpose down the channel. So sometimes we don't want to get sort of sucked into, oh, hoofball or whatever it is, because it's not necessarily that. They probably got more hoofball in the second half, you mm. know, when they were chasing it. One he'd noticed one of the stats on there. The weekend North End made the most tackles in that game. So oh, really? In, in the championship, yeah. So
0: and that's all without Ben Pearson. Pearson, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think it was one of those games where North End come away thinking, "Oh, we miss Ben Pearson today." I think I think generally there is always I think, yeah. there, there is always, but
1: mm. I, I don't think we would have surrendered as much space in that middle ground in the second half yeah. if if Pearson had been on. I think, uh, yeah, he, and
0: I mentioned to you, I don't think I say Samuel gets that amount of time you know. to run at the north end defensive if, if Pearson is there
1: again. And he's it, not one, and Pearson's not really been one because he's his disciplined this season, which he's got better, and he's watching mm. his line. He's not flying in for silly tackles anymore. You know, not yeah. not not often anyway. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't as if well, we've taken his tackling out of today's game. But mm. I I think you are going to miss Ben and whatever, because he's, he's one of the best midfielders in the championship. Yeah. You know you, you, Something he brings you, his presence, you go, you're going to miss at some point. Mm.
0: So. And Alex Neil made the point where when Gallagher comes off, the next person you would then look for for the ball, Ben Pearson, who isn't there and uh, it it can um, disrupt North End. We'll move on to Luton in a second but I just want to point out that QPR are the second most informed team Mm -hmm. in the division. Mm -hmm. So not to end it on the most negative of notes, that's still you know, it's still an informed QPR side, credit to them we we, we had it earlier on in the season where Middlesbrough and Reading came to Deepdale and won and they were the two most informed teams at the time North End have come up against an informed QPR side who are in the in the rhythm of not losing and have kind of galvanised, going a man down and 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 put something together.
1: Yeah, just seems to be timing that, doesn't it? But if you want to do well in this division, you've got to you've, you've got to that. Those, yeah. And to be fair, probably are Leeds the most informed team yes, at the moment. Yeah, five in a row. So Leeds are doing. You know, they're the one team at the top end of the table who are showing some absolute. Uh, top form. So our well, West Brom were, I suppose, until mm-hmm. they got beat by Wigan. Um, I think they yeah. drew at the weekend. But those, that, we, we've talked about it a lot. This playoff pack. Yeah, they're all. Everyone's inconsistent in it. So. Mm. Um, that's the
0: only consistent part of it yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll come on to that kind of um that the playoff mix at the moment I'll just say that in the last 25 games in terms of the, the four teams that are currently in there at the moment the last 25 games has only been five wins or last 20 games sorry there's only been five wins so and that's that's out of each team's last five games and you've got to bear in mind that obviously Fulham have, have played against North End which kind of messes things up a little bit but they're just the wins just aren't there but if we go to Luton now mm-hmm. that that game has just got a lot bigger there's obviously the, the sellout crowd going um just North I need it need a response don't they yeah. you'd like to see them the the second bottom in the league you'd like to see them go out and put them to the sword and say look that was a blip we've lost it we've lost a few on the spin here this is what we're really about. This is the proper Preston yeah. North End.
1: Yeah, in in some ways, you want mathematically it's not a must-win game, but mm. I think the backdrop of it and previous results mean it's getting towards just for everyone's well-being, you know, like yeah. <laughs> everyone's sanity. <laughs> can we please, can Preston please go down to Kenilworth Road and win it? As you say, forget the league table and Luton being down there. They've they've picked up a little bit of form of late, as have most of the teams down there. Yeah and um, so it won't be easy but you mentioned there North End sell out crowd they sold out um, you know it's not the biggest allocation it's 1,030 something like that um, very small ground kind of road not changed in a number of years I think North End haven't played there since 2006 hmm. about the fans who went that day and the fans are, and, and and if the you know if they're going on Saturday they won't notice any changes at all it's a very old old ground tight ground packed in the middle of houses Um so but it's up to north End north End need to go there you know the big you know good following really good following you know say 1030. How, had it had it been a bigger ground, there'd been a lot more going. Let's put it that way. No, mm. it's the first time this season, they've really had to put away an away following tickets on the points, you know, on the loyalty point system, which was yep. a totally the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, if you remember back to Gentry Day at West Brom last season, it was open sale from the beginning, and people were snapping them up, whether they've been on one game this season or, you know, yeah. twenty now. I think North End got it really right this time with the loyalty points system. Yeah. There were the usual grumbles on, on Twitter, but, you know, season ticket holders with a certain ambassadors with a certain amount of points first, sliding scale. And I think most people, you know, if they really wanted to, got there, you know. You've got to reward that kind of loyalty. You do, you? you do. It's, There's o- it's the only way of doing it. You know, they, they've got 8,500 season ticket holders. They had 1,000 tickets available. Um, so... Not, not, not as we say, not every season ticket holder is going to go to an away match, but you know, there, there was interest with North End not having played down at Kenilworth Road for a long time. Um, the stage of the season it is, so there was they, they had to do it some way, All the club or all, all the big clubs do. You know, you have to do a loyalty point system, whether it's for cut finals or and you, then a ballot, yeah, yeah, or you know, like. You know Liverpool have to do it Man United have to do it in Europe don't they you know mm. ballot for tickets you know like y- you, you need you need well they need a certain amount of loyalty points to even go in a ballot you mm. know to start with yeah. you know it's not just a random ballot to start with mm. it's everyone you know, with those amount of yeah, points yeah, yeah you know to start with you know yeah. so it's, it's, it's the only way, fair way of doing it so hopefully North End can you know go down there to Hertfordshire and reward their fans, you know, with with the three points, you know. But they they certainly need, you know, we're down to single-figure games now. Mm. This is not the time to lose your form. You know, it needs to pick up now.
0: Luton have lost one in six. Yeah. And they're currently six points off safety. So they have everything to play for, don't they? Of course
1: they do, yeah. You know, they did look dead and buried at one point. Mm. But they've picked up, as have Barnsley. Well, Barnsley have lost a couple now. But Barnsley put some good results together. Wigan have got themselves completely out of it. When North End beat him early February down at the DW Stadium, it, w- it would almost look like Wigan were on the way out, wasn't it? You know, but suddenly they've strung three or four wins together. Escape experts. Yeah, beating Leeds, beating West Brom and suddenly out of it, you know? Mm. So... Uh, it's dragging other teams and you look at Hull you really do fear for Hull don't you they're oh. dropping they're dropping like a stone without yeah. the two best players yeah
0: and you know? you've, you've got to feel sorry for they've just been yeah. like skinned oh, yeah. haven't they it's just yeah.
1: it's just a rest in a slide 10 without a win yeah is is you know it's so hard to arrest. I think one win Midd- all year. Middlesbrough are on a similar run, mm. but they got an away win. They got a they got a draw, didn't they? At um, against Forest the other week, and then yep. went somewhere. Where did they, they went somewhere and won last weekend? You know, so Middlesbrough have managed to get themselves off it. You mm. know, but Hull are just dropping like a stone. Yeah, they say there's always one team who who drop, one team who got, up, one team who sort of roar up the league and go in the playoffs and one team who drops down it can happen and it's happening to Hull at the moment
0: North End beat Luton 2-1 at home Yeah, Stockley got the winner then Yeah, I suppose with all the, the clamour for Stockley I suppose he'll be hoping to kind of I don't know I suppose he can take something from scoring the winner yeah. last time he took it quite well quite composed took a touch and, and slotted it into the corner It's I suppose as a, as a player like him who's not scored many goals you've got to take what you can get in those sorts of Scenarios.
1: Yeah, you never know. Alex Neal might look at a background like that. The fact, oh, he scored against him early in the season. He had a long spell with him. If you remember when he, when Stockley came on against Luton at Deepdale, there was a few maybe tongue-in-cheek chants from the Luton fans, Luton reject You know. <laughs> Stockley was quite amused when we when we spoke to him about it he did mention it you know the, the, the poor lad had only gone on loan for a month to get a little bit of football and help him out and mm. suddenly he's been called a reject so it's it quite nice to he scored but sometimes managers do have a look at the background and think well m- maybe he'll be a bit more fired up and if he does choose Stockley to play at Kenilworth Road let's use him properly let's help the lad out mm. you know yeah get, let's get right down the outside yeah. what I don't want to what seems to be happening is fans are dividing into camps and getting really mm. partisan about whether it should be him or whether it should be him. At the end of the day, it is a squad game. We're all going to have an opinion. Yep. But just because Stockley ain't playing, does that make Maguire a pariah in some folk? And, you know, in the other way, you know, people, you know, you've seen comments that, you know, yeah, I thought Maguire had a far better game on Saturday and things like that. That doesn't mean Stockley should be absolutely sort of Pushed yeah. out and sort That's of it. No never more picked Stockley. again. McGuire's you know? had
0: a good game. And, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: you know it's it's all for one. I think I, we've said it before, probably the last two or three podcasts and in the paper on social media. North end the striker light. Mm. There's there's a bit of a cliche for you. They, yeah, you know they've been they've been light. They were a striker light since Louis Molt got injured in August, a week after the last window after the summer deadline shot. Yeah, so. If they didn't bring a striker in, they brought Sinclair in in January. Winger stroke you, you can play up front, but as a sort of out and out centre forward, if they were to bring some, if they were to bring someone in in January, he wouldn't have been a luxury. Oh, that's add to the squad. He was it was literally a it was a necessity yeah. almost. Yeah. Two, you might have thought, well, one's a necessity and one's to sort of push, push. the quality on, yeah. you know. But they've got neither, so you're having to rely on. You know, out-and-out strikers, Stockley's out-and-out striker. He started to play Maguire up front a bit more again, Mm. and Maguire does prefer the number nine role, but I think his four goals this season have all come from when he started out on the left, but sort of tucking inside. Nugent's got one, Stockley's got two, Mm. Maguire's got four. Just doing some stats before. (laughs) Billy Bowden played at Forest up front, sort Mm. of played as a false nine in August. He scored that day, you know, but most of the goals, some of Barca's and goals have come when he's played down the middle, but whoever's been playing up front ain't being strong. Yeah, you're
0: looking at seven total goals yeah. when you're out and out strikers. It's yeah. just not, and you look at, you, you look at the other the teams around and I know I, I might have said this last week, but you've got the likes of, of Lewis Grab and Marley Watkins, Mitrovic, mm. they're the other three strikers yeah. in that in that top six, yeah. and then North End have got seven between yeah. three.
1: But that, that that's where the cost is. Fair enough. Ollie Watkins has proved of you know probably Brentford went down a similar route with North End with that. Mm. The lad came from Exeter, didn't he? You yeah. know, like. Let's take a punt on it, and he, you know, it's taken he's on, a little while. It's well. taken a little while, but he he he's played as a winger mainly. It's mm. only this season he's gone sort of down the middle. More pay left, and yeah. yeah, and, and he, he came he, inside, and he's done so well. But then you look at the other two you mentioned there. Grabbins cost a lot of money over his career. Yeah, Mitrovic is twenty-two million. He cost twenty-two it's million. A different game entirely, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so they're not in that ball figure. But you know, again, they're gonna, you know. You, you, you'd hoped in January they might be able to be a little bit more creative. Mm. They did well getting Sinclair in, I think, despite him not firing yet. But, you know, could there have been a lone striker somewhere out there, you know, a younger lad, um, you know, and, you know, may, maybe had a look at things that way. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so we'll go to North End's form. They've lost four of the last five. Mm. It's, I think, because it's nearer the end of the season and it's that. Sort of perennial or North End bottle and it sort of thing. It it the mood around the place has has dropped. Oh, it has, yeah. And it's it, it's one of those situations where although it's dropped, a North End are still in the in the top six. And Alan Brown said post match at the weekend that yes, they're in the top six, but he doesn't feel they deserve to be. They should be six points further off. Mm-hmm. North End's form obviously is faltering. Mm-hmm. Does anyone want to be in the playoffs? Yeah, it's, it's all
1: right saying, "Oh, yeah, we don't deserve to be in there." But who does? Mm. Black, you know, who are Blackburn seven? had the chance at the Blackburn weekend. Blackburn had the chance to go at the weekend and got tub three 0 down at Derby, which is a yeah. which
0: is a tough place to go. To be fair, but yeah. like we said earlier, you've got to go to those places and get results if you yeah. want to. If you want to be up there,
1: why do Bristol City deserve to be in six mm. rather than Preston? Mm. You know, you are where you are because of the number of points there. If Bristol City were to go above North End. Bristol City deserve to be in six. Bristol City are winless because, in five. Yeah, because they've got, you know, because, you know, whoever gets a point, whoever wins a game, you know, they're going to deserve to be up there, you know. Mm. But to say that North End, you know, yeah, fair enough, North End's form's bad. But if it is, it's then up to other teams to take advantage. And if they don't, they don't deserve to be, you know, they don't deserve to do it. You always hear that the table doesn't lie. No. And North End are sixth. Yeah. So at the end of the season it will tell you where where you are, wasn't it? You know, but to say North End don't deserve to be there, well, well, go on then, someone else take advantage and if they can't, the reason they're not taking advantage is they're not they're not putting the points on the board. They're not, you know, they're in a very similar vein of form to North End.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of teams in that chasing pack. Yeah. There's still Millwall and, and Cardiff, yeah. Derby aren't entirely out of it just yet. Swansea, QPR. The, there are there are loads of teams that are in there. Mm-hmm. But that is that any different to any other Championship
1: season really? Probably not. I, I remember back to two years ago when North End ended up in seventh mm. um, for ages. There seemed to be this sort of Battle again, down to about 11 for 12th place. Millwall came from nowhere, didn't they? Get, got right in the pack. Same again. Bristol City, similar to North End were in there. Sheffield United was, yeah. were in there. And then all of a sudden, second to the last match of the season, North End went to Sheffield United, won 1-0. And by the last game, results elsewhere went against that chasing pack. Mm. Going into the last game of the season... North End were the only team in seventh place who could catch six. Everyone else fell away. Yeah, suddenly, you know, it it was whittled down slowly. It will happen this year, probably by the sort of second to last and last games. You're probably going to know it's between sort of two or three clubs at most for the last playoff slot, probably.
0: Yeah, so there's nine games left. North End currently on 56 points. Now, if you want to do it as a points target or how many games out of the nine do North End need to win to stay in their playoff place I think
1: they need another five wins and maybe a couple couple of draws draws. in there if they won six I think they're in Mm. you know so um, just with who's playing who there's so many teams playing each other up and around there points will be dropped
0: yeah. That that takes North End to 74 points. 74 will
1: get you in the playoffs this year without mm. a doubt.
0: Yeah. It did just generally seem like a kind of lower a lower threshold than that, than there has been in the past.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, probably because teams are a lot more bunched up this year, aren't they? They're all mm. taking points off each other. You know, it's not as if like the top 6 have pulled away. Massively to sort of you know and you know beating all comers it's not happening like that West
0: Brom are only six points clear of, mm-hmm. of Fulham so right. that's that and yeah. if you look at if you think of the past in the way of like Wolves mm-hmm. and and even Norwich and Sheffield United mm-hmm. and, and Leeds mm-hmm. last season they were a three kind of on their own up until Leeds fell away yeah. Um it, it 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 even even now it's still all to play for because Leeds Leeds have got it in them to to have a, a yeah. dodgy run and, and, and Leeds yeah run. and
1: Le- Leeds have also got it in, in them to put a good run together like mm. they have done the you know five it's wins in five a row and you know maybe five wins on the bounce in a few more games would, would absolutely guarantee it wouldn't it you know but uh, no I, I was doubting Leeds a little bit to be fair mm. you know I thought they really could fall away here but fair play to them they seem to have pulled up and. Uh, you know, got the form going and you know, the back the back challenge you know, the back challenging for automatic. And it looks look, like now. Yeah. They'd yeah. have to do you win I don't know this is a championship though. do you win five games on the bounce and then what mm. one dodgy result could see you sort of you know sort of start a sort of domino effect and suddenly you lose your form you know? they're,
0: they're so. seven points clear of the playoffs at the moment though so I, saw, I suppose in theory you need a 14 point yeah, swing between be Leeds and, and, and someone else right? yeah. yeah. so Sky Sports Leeds might might change its destination I wonder who they're going to oh, I suppose if Villa come down it'll down. be Sky yeah. Sports Villa yeah, exactly. or Sky Sports uh, Wayne Rooney's Derby County, yeah. um, but that's a different conversation. And if we look at uh, team news for the weekend, then so likely no Pearson, no, no Bouldin. Gallagher had a, a calf issue on on Saturday, which which. Will have question marks over him. It'll probably be be fit, but you have to you have to consider it. And uh, Potts missed out with a bit of a, a hamstring tweet. Was it a hamstring? I'm not too he sure. He he'd seemed ha- to point towards like the top end of his. his I didn't see. I yeah. didn't see
1: him pointing. Uh, he didn't say. He didn't say where it was, and he didn't point, but he did say he'd gone for a scan. Mm, um, he seemed w- to kind of as I'm, I mean, I mean, as a podcast,
0: this does absolutely nothing for the listeners, but he seemed to kind of do that sort of thing so he's kind of tapping his the back of his hamstring as he sat down kind right, of like so you, I so you were sat seemed in, yeah. you were sat
1: in a different part of the press conference yeah than I was, so right? it seemed like he was gesturing yeah. and that sort of thing but yeah, because Pot, Potts did alright at Fulham I thought he played very yeah. well now I thought his injury came from when someone's sort of Rake down the back of his achilles mm. you know it's quite early in the second half and it he was sore he said a dead leg didn't yeah, he yeah he said he uh, got a bit of a dead leg from that and he said it's come from there so maybe so maybe man. maybe trying to compensate for that injury in training means he's mm. just sort of slightly pulled the muscle further up i don't know but he said it wasn't worth risking him for last week you know so mm. maybe they have him back but you know the key, the key one's going to be Pearson and missing again yeah. Um there was talk oh, Preston just doing this to avoid getting past a thirty-seventh game and risking a too much ban, but from what it sounds like, person sort of got some tightness in his hamstring, a bit of a pull, maybe mm-hmm. a bit of a tear, which isn't that where um in terms of how badly damaged the muscle is, I don't think there's a lot of, a great deal of damage there. Alex Neil said where the prop, where the issue comes is that where the strain or where the little tear is is up near where the tendon attaches to the muscle now if that tear was to increase and takes the tendon away with it you're looking at a sort of Sean Maguire, Greg Cunningham mm. three or four months job yeah um, so they've got to let that sort of bit of the you know he, he, where it is on the hamstring you've got to let the muscle Properly heal. I suppose you got to think about the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. I like that, you, Tom. I like that. I like that positivity, yeah. Tom. Yeah. Can you can yeah. you risk it? Um, yeah. Can
0: you risk him potentially missing out on the the, yeah. the
1: three biggest games of the season? Exactly. You got to get him right, you know. Mm. And you know, if you push him back too quickly, one there's a risk of injury. And we've had that before, yeah. we think, and, don't we? And really? two, and two as well. If a player's not quite fully fit, they're not going to be doing themselves justice. So mm. sometimes. You, they said a month, really, you yeah. know, which probably ties in with it not being the most serious of injuries, but they're having to protect where the, you know the area of the injury where it is near the tendon. A month would probably about fit in with that, so it could be. Huddersfield would would be about a calendar month, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. from when he was first out.
0: And now that's if we trust Alex Neal, because I seem to think he once described Ben Pearson as being out for a month and it turned out being two. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel Johnson, who had a bit of a bit of a knock and ended up missing seven weeks. Yeah. So I, and I must admit though, I do think he was being fairly honest yeah. in his, in, in what he's saying. But again, we have to take everything Alex yeah. Neal says. With he the could pinch have said, he could have said
1: four to six weeks or something, but mm. he was quite, you know, a month. Was yeah, like his and then distress.
0: with that international break in mind yeah. as well, it, it gives him that sort of mm-hmm. that sort of of uh, of cushion. If Brad Potts is fit, mm-hmm. would you like to see him back in the starting eleven off the back of the Fulham performance? And Josh Harrop, I believe, played on the weekend. I don't know. That might be a bit harsh. A bit harsh to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> but He didn't get into it. Yeah, you know? he. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not exactly like anyone is really keeping that spot for the yeah. next week.
1: Yes, it, it depends what they do. It's interesting that he brought Ledson on as a late sub mm. against QPR. I think that was more to sort of just try and get a foothold in midfield because he didn't have one mm. basically. So you'd be, you you're thinking though at the moment that Alan Brown seems to have got that sort of holding role for now. Mm. You know, unless he decided well, Ledson might be the and. You know, bring Ledson in to release Brown further forward, but you know you've got DJ. I thought played all right as a number ten against um, QPR on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. You know, he did fade a little bit as the game went on, but I thought first half, he not penalty aside, I thought he was very good as well. You know, like his play was intelligent. He, you know, he gets about the pitch well, and Uh, he's that kind of general. Yeah. So maybe you know, if Potts didn't play, you've, you've got DJ for there. You've got. Brown for the holding role. If Gallagher's not going to be fit, you could almost you could move DJ further back, and then have someone else in that ten role. You could even try Harrop in there. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Neil Neil said in the past, who plays as number ten and who plays as number nine is very much linked. You know, in his thinking, he doesn't just he doesn't just play Jaden Stockley up front with Josh Harrop behind or something. He said, you know, if he plays Stockley as the nine he likes Harrop as a sort of running 10 which might fit in with a pot brown yeah while if he has a Nugent up there or a Barcaison up there he needs more of a DJ or a Harrop behind to sort of be sliding the ball around so uh, you know I've I've given up second guessing teams really (laughs) you know but they're, they're the options there are plenty of options you could as you say Harrop came in didn't didn't just didn't get into the game, mm. you know. Was maybe you know the way the way QPR played it, it was hard for him to get in. So maybe you could have a look at bringing Sinclair down there for a mm. bit of pace down the left hand side, you know, in that Harrop role. Rather than having you know Harrop a bit more floaty coming in, you know, you got a bit of raw pace from Sinclair cutting in on that right foot and trying to influence it that way
0: i think it's no surprise that it, i mean in my opinion anyway that the best games we have seen from josh harrop have been in that number 10 role because he had those two back-to-back games at deepdale yeah. when uh dj was was missing mm-hmm. and he was brilliant and yeah. i think sometimes out on the left although yes he has good feet and he's able to beat a man it's just not really his position is it it's
1: hard it's hard to play isn't it that yeah. rolling in he's not a He's not a winger esque, is he? You know, like um, so. Yeah, I think the ten position is, is is his best one. He played, yeah, he played Charlton and he played that role, mm-hmm. didn't he? And then the following game was at Barnsley and he changed to a diamond, so they were able to have him at the front point of the diamond. Is pretty much similar position, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, um, but there are there are options to change it, but he, do you you know? Hopefully, they can find a formula which. Uh, which uh, wins, you know, wins this game, and you know can win the next couple after that as well.
0: And you mentioned obviously Sinclair; mm. he's just that, just a bit out of nick, isn't he? Really, yeah. it's not. It, there isn't. There doesn't seem to be that kind of outright answer to mm-hmm. solve everything, because there's always there's a drawback to kind of every every player at the moment. It's just not quite mm. clicking for PNE, yeah. is it?
1: No, exactly. Yeah. And, I thought, I thought Sinclair looked you know when when he first came in I thought he looked pretty lively and sharp but just tailed off a little bit probably with match fitness first mm-hmm. first few games were probably excitement and adrenaline maybe you know maybe they've not used him brilliantly since you know but um, you know he had a couple of games on the bench now the last two or three on the bench it, may, it might be time for him to start and sort of say you know take the shackles off go and have a real good run at him you know so you know, I, you know don't know who Luton are going to play at the back but you know if the if the you know if the fullbacker is a bit susceptible to pace, or you know they can try and find some room before between the right back and the you know the centre half on that side, try and exploit it.
0: Would you like to see Alex Neil just kind of stick faith in that four two three one that that that, that, that was that got North and that kind of the foothold in in, in the QPR game, yeah. where that kind of allows Barkayzen and, and the left winger that kind of license to try and make the impact.
1: Yeah, I think four two three one is his is his default. You know, setting isn't it? Like, he's played that from the word go at, at North End. You know, he, second half of last season he sort of played a four-one-four-one a little bit, but the sort of four-two-three-one. He likes that controlling midfield. I don't think we're, we're ever going to see him go four-four-two at the start of a match. Might do later if they're changing it or whatever. So, um, but you know, m- maybe stick with that. Not not worry quite as much of what the opposition are doing. Always mm-hmm. take the opp You've always got to take the opposition into account. So, uh, and one thing, you know, just harping back to the QPR game there, while we're we're all picking over North End's second half performance, read the comment, you went in Mark Warburton's press conference after the game, and he was so complimentary about North End in the first half, Mm. and how his side hadn't been able to get a look in, because North End had done the homework on him, and, uh, you know, just, just been so good, so... Um, somet- sometimes we forget that we all we remember is is a bad put from our own team that we cover or support. Well, I, t- I don't know at times we're always looking for the negatives and sometimes speaking to a complete outsider, the opposition manager, you get an insight that North End are actually quite well respected mm. by the you know the, the the teams know they're in for a right tough game against them.
0: Yeah, Warburton's a bit of a
1: compliment, maybe a bit of a compliment. We. We see it all with blinkers on. We just want three points, don't we? <laughs> yeah. You know, but sometimes you know it's interesting to listen to. Mm. A lot of opposition managers have come in and said they've had to really think this one out. Yeah,
0: there are a lot of teams out there that think, God, oh, we've got we've got Preston next. And and he said at um, at time he obviously made two changes. He, said he could have taken seven players off. He would. It was unfortunate the the, the players that he took off. And he he basically said he, he, he might as well have made a change because they weren't getting anything mm-hmm. from the game and I, and I suppose I think the, the biggest frustration at that point is that um, for a lot of people is that Tom Barcazin was getting such a good run of things down Ryan Manning and I think obviously um, Galli going off affects that because the, the out ball was coming from him and mm-hmm. pinging it over to that right side for Barcasen. some of them were yeah. such pinpoint accurate um, but I suppose it's just a case of if it's not broken, don't don't fix it. And and I, I think with the, with the Luton game coming up, you'd like to see him kind of kind of focus focus on on PNE a bit more. I'm not. I, obviously, you you know, I, I go to um, Joey Barton's press conference every week at Fleetwood, and a lot of what he says is, we'll we'll think about ourselves. We'll see how they deal with us. You know, we're gonna go there, and we're gonna. They've they've got to try and defend us. They've got to try and deal with us. And sometimes I I feel like. I'd like to see maybe a little bit more of that from Alex Neil. Not, yeah. n- n- I'm not saying that his his method of of looking after the opposition isn't isn't right and doesn't benefit Preston, but at times,
1: I think every manager looks at the opposition, mm. you know. For, but maybe maybe Neil brings it up more publicly, mm. you know, like. It was, it's work to treat when we went to Barnsley and they just matched him up completely never played a diamond all season never played a diamond in his time at the club mm. played a diamond that night with 3-0 up by half time job done so sometimes you got to look at that well it does work positively other times it, it might hinder you a little bit you know maybe it's just a case of publicly what you're talking about sometimes
0: mm. so. and he did say after the game that he he looks at himself first, and 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 there was that bit of I, I could sense a bit of frustration from Alan Brown when when he was talking about like second half they didn't really know what they were doing. I, to be honest, I think there was a bit of frustration in the change of yeah. in the change of style. To be honest, from, yeah. from Alan Brown that, that oh maybe that the manager changed the formation and things like that, and um, not that he's ever going to actually complain to the manager, but um, he said like they just didn't really know know what they were doing, and and, and they just all looked a bit a bit lost and no one had no one took, took the game by the, the scruff of the neck I suppose in that situation three
1: three forma- they used three formations during the game didn't mm. they that's quite a lot to sort of keep changing and swapping and changing between so especially when they'd led for an hour yeah. you know so
0: and, and looked mm. in in no real danger for 45 minutes of that yeah exactly and um, yeah so I think that's just about
1: it for this mm. week Dave to be honest is there anything else you'd like to add no I just uh, I just hope at the moment sort of the world we're living in at the moment is a bit of a weird one, isn't it, with all <laughs> this coronavirus? And I hope football can be a sort of bit of a release, really. Mm. And, and competitive sport, obviously, we're, we're you know, I think all everyone's sort of minds are half on the news, aren't they, all the time. You know, what what's going to happen next? Bit of a mm. bit of an uncertain time for everyone at the moment, whether we're going to be your life's put on hold for, for a few weeks, you know, like and and at the moment, football really is a sort of for me, it's a sort of it's a real outlet really, yeah. you know, like I'm looking forward to going to Luton as are well, the, the North End fans, you know, and you've got to wonder, you know, will will we see too many more games with, with, with crowds in over the next few weeks, you know, is it something, is that the next step for for football, for big mass gatherings, any sport? You in know, the next so. 10
0: days to 14, um, mm-hmm. if you've got a cough or a, a cold or home. anything, you've got to stay yeah. at home for a week. So, yeah. you know, suppose it's, uh, I suppose a bit of, perspective that yeah it's not the end of the world no you know
1: I I don't know it'd be irresponsible for us to try and sort of second guess everything you we probably know as
0: much as Nigel Farage who was the it was the font of wisdom exactly where
1: you know I watched the program this morning you know on telly and it was like introduced a guest one of them was a sort of epidemic expert health expert makes sense yeah Next one was a financial journalist on how this is all affecting the world's markets. Very appropriate. And the next guest was Gloria Honeyford. Perfect. Yeah, you know, that <laughs> You know, last day Daytime three. television. Yeah, but what I'm, you know, like. Um, yeah. And then the fourth guest was Dave Seddon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, like, I'm just trying to say, you know, at the moment, we can use football as a bit of pleasure and a bit of joy, you know, like in a few uncertain times. Um, you know, there are people who are going to be vulnerable to this illness. A lot of us, touch wood, mm. we're going to be fine, but you've got to think of that. And, you know, whatever happens over the next few weeks, whether they start playing games behind closed doors, whether they put the season on hold for a couple of weeks or something and move it into the like summer, totally. that, I, I think that would be a more appropriate way to go. I don't think, you know, professional sport without a crowd yeah. is, you know, it's you know, but, well, it's to- it's a totally new situation for everyone. Mm. Got to be guided by the science and the health, you know. Yeah. So, so while we're talking here, debating about whether it should be Jaden Stockley or Sean McGuire <laughs> up front, and whether Scott Sinclair will be a better option <laughs> than Josh Arab. There are more serious things in the world at the moment that, Yeah, you know, if we can get through these next few months, you know, it's going to be a lot Just a lot, lot better, but it could be, you know, so... Uh, you Just know. enjoy the ride, I suppose, yeah. isn't Keep it? Keep washing yeah. your hands and yeah. st- stop blooming, stop piling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Leave leave some toilet roll for the rest of us. Yeah, no, you know, that's, like
1: that's, having 14 boxes of hand sanitizer in your back room isn't protecting antibacterial
0: hand yeah. sanitizer yeah. at that? Not even not even yeah. a viral one, yeah. with, if which it, is a virus.
1: If it's stopping other people washing their hands, it's just going to spread even more <laughs> and won't protect you. So, have <laughs> a bit of common sense on yeah. right that. Anyway, we're just getting I, I, a bit too serious. I saw a tweet. I didn't that want said, to uh, do this. I didn't want to do. This,
0: I yeah. saw a tweet uh, that said that it was the first time they'd seen the queue mm-hmm. at Deepdale for people actually washing their hands, <laughs> hands coming yeah. out of the toilet.
1: <laughs> oh, I think i come on people. I think toilets at football grounds on. are a pretty grim place, aren't they? You know, if 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 we're worried about, you know, like, my word, there must be some viruses starting in in there, you know. You
0: walk in and the the floor everywhere is wet and you, you just think, I yeah. hope I hope that someone was, I, yeah. hope, I hope
1: I someone spilt something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saying that, I don't think our train carriage coming back from Fulham the other week was the most healthy place in the world, wasn't it? <laughs> well, there's plenty <laughs> going on we, there. Should we just leave it at that? Yeah, yeah, I think so, uh, for,
0: for legal reasons. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so, so all there's left to say really is um, thank you very much for listening. Make sure to keep up to date with everything that, that we put out on Preston North End at LEP underscore football on Twitter. Uh, it's daily Preston North End coverage there um, throughout the week. Keep in touch with myself at Tom Sandals and Dave at SEDS underscore LEP. Send any questions in or any comments or, or give us some feedback on the podcast. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, thank you very much for listening.
1: Yeah, and, do, and if you are going to Kenilworth Road on Saturday, enjoy it, you know, yeah. for, first time there since 2006. Um, hopefully you can come back with three points and if anyone can suggest where to park around there because apparently it's a bit of a nightmare so do let us know yeah get in touch give us we do we do encourage feedback
0: because um, obviously we're still all quite new to this we don't you know we'll, we'll tailor the, the, the show around what people want to want to hear what people want to listen and uh, yeah so keep in touch and uh, thank you very much for listening thank you